You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al-Sayed. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to take us through their journeys as professionals in their fields. On today's show, we welcome Fatima Bezze. Fatima is a mother of two wonderful kids. She holds an MBA from Lawrence Technological University and a TESL certificate. Fatima is passionate about teaching and educating young Muslim children about the beauty and of the religion of Islam, especially through the teachings of the Ahlul Bayt. Um, for this reason, she writes children's Islamic books. Her first published book was Muharram Nights, and her second book was Mila Wears the Hijab. And with that, we'd love to welcome Fatima. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam, Fatima. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well, alhamdulillah. Um, we're lucky to have two Fatimas on the show today. Uh, extra barakah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Um, so we thank can start off... It's our pleasure. We can start off, um, if you want, just tell us about your career background, so educational background, and then into what you did uh, work as. Uh, well, my educational background is um, I earned my BA from in business administration from Lebanon, mm -hmm. and um, I was actually doing my MBA there when I was teaching um, students in a community college. I was teaching um uh, English 101, Introduction to English as a Second Language, and Change Management and Leadership. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to America, and I had to redo my MBA. Oh, my God. Which is a good thing. I didn't mind. I love studying. So it was it was a great experience. I took my – I earned my MBA um, from Lawrence Technological University mm -hmm. in Michigan. And then I, um, you know, earned my certificate as teaching English as a Second Language online. Mm -hmm. um, but I never did teach in America. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I taught in Lebanon only. Mm -hmm. um, in America, I just worked in schools like as an admin assistant, mm -hmm. um, uh, TA, um, and stuff like that. But I never actually like taught. It's my passion to teach, but I just didn't find myself teaching in America. Mm -hmm. um, um, I was going to ask how how did the, how do an MBA and um, you know the teaching uh, certificate go hand in hand? Like, how did you make that work? Um, well, you have to put a goal, you know, like, so I was thinking, okay, like, I love to help. So, you know, like, how is the best way to help? Okay, like, um, I could teach students that don't know English, you know, the mm -hmm. like, refugees or children that just moved from the Middle East to America. Mm -hmm. And or moms, not just children, I could like teach moms that that need help, you know, communicating in America, so they have to learn English. Um, and how did it, like, you know, align with my MBA in business? Um, because, like, I, I did business um, administration. It's just for two reasons, because I love to teach um, change management and managerial leadership. I have a passion mm -hmm. for anything that's related to leadership. Okay. Um, yeah, and I used to teach that in Lebanon. And even here, Alayr um, uh, my professor, Professor Thomas Marks, he passed away. But he was my professor in um, an MBA um, in Lawrence Tech, and he he taught me like uh, leadership, my, all my like leadership courses, um, you know, uh, uh, global leadership and uh, economic uh, globalization, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So in all his courses, um, he would always give me like the hard hard presentations, you know, the presentations mm -hmm. that really deal with you know like analyzing leadership characteristics and, you know, how do you classify what leader this person is and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that was my passion um, 
you know, just to take my MBA in business and research, you know, just to teach those courses because I had so much passion for them. But um, yeah, they didn't really go together unless like I plan on doing like a business in the future, you know, like how okay. to manage my business or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like doing my MBA was basically because I just teach, I love teaching those two courses. That's so interesting. Um, your journey to America, how did that start? Um, going, transitioning from Lebanon to, you know, living in the States? Um, yeah, I've been writing um, poetry about Ahl al since I was 13 years old, but mm-hmm. I was just put that in the drawer. Um, no one would read it besides my parents and my siblings. Um, I would write stories nonstop, nonstop, mm-hmm. write stories over and over and um, give them to my siblings to read. They loved my stories. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, stories mo- mostly based on life experience and, you know, the challenges we go through and how we could, you know, deal with them and, you know, what is the best way to cope with these struggles or mm-hmm. overcome them. Um, and... So and then, like, finally, my sister was like, you know, Poppy, why don't you just, you know, take this passion that you have and actually do something about it? Yeah. It takes, like, um, a lot of courage, you know, to let your work out there. Yeah. And that's, how, that's how Muharram Nights started, actually. So she had, like, a product for children. Um, and she was like, you know, Fatima, I need you to write me, like, a small poetry, uh, like, a small poem um, about Zuljana. And I was like... And I was like, okay, sure. And then I, I wrote it and um, I kept on going on and on and on and on and on. Wow. And she, yeah. So and then she was like, okay. And, you know, so she and she didn't tell me what her plan was. She was like, you know what? Could you also, like, you know, include something about Tuflarati on it? Because, like, I'm planning on doing something else. And I was like, okay, sure. No problem. And then I kept on going on and on and on. What was the project she was working on? Um, it was like um, a little toy about Imam Hussein and mm-hmm. Sujanah and uh, Karbala. Uh, that she wanted to, you know, it's a, a toy for kids instead of having like superhero toys. Why don't we just have mm-hmm. our real superhero? Um, so when I put it all together, it was like really big, you know. So she was like, you know, I asked for something really small, <laughs> something short. Did, yeah, something short. I mean, uh, so since you did all that, and she was like doing it on purpose, you know, she was like, you know, could you like write something like? So she was like, you know what? Let's put them together and just make a book. I know a great illustrator who could do the do this, do this for us. And I was like, hmm. I was like, are you like serious? And she was like, yeah, I want to do it. That's it. I don't want to do this project anymore. I want to do your book. How long was the process of writing? So she called me. I remember my, I just like had given my son his bottle. Mm -hmm. I literally put him to sleep and she called me. She's like, I need like a really short poem about Sojana. I was like, okay, sure. So that was like literally just an hour and a half. Oh, wow. And then she called me, like I sent it to her. She's like, you know, that looks so nice. Could you write me something about the Floradia? And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. Um, then my son woke up, so when he back to sleep, because he was like still a baby, so, um, and then I, that was like another an hour and a half, and I sent it to her. She was like, "Okay, you know what? I love it. It's perfect. I'm gonna make it a book. I don't want to do that project anymore." And I was like, "What? You know?" <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, because it's like so long. Like we can make this a book. I don't really want to do that project right now. I'm just gonna do your book. Mm-hmm. Could, you, could you title it for me?" And I was like, "I was like, okay, Muharram nights." She was like, "Like that?" I was like, "Yeah, Muharram nights. I mean, that's what we're." That's what the whole thing is about. That's what know? we're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. What was the process of publishing the book? Did you go, um, did you publish yourself or did you go through a publishing uh, house? I, so, 
So with Muharram Nights, I went through Taqwa Media. Mm -hmm. um, they helped, they, they, they basically did the whole process for me and they helped me, like they guided me through it at the same time. Like they said like, you know, okay, now we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So it was like more like they were training me, you know, like, you know, what you should do, like if, you know, like how you get the copyright, how you, like, you know, you get your ISBN number, how you, uh, you know, register yourself in the Library of Congress and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course they didn't, you know, tell me, you know, what printing house they use. Yeah. Um, so that's what like, um, Haram Nights was done through Taqwa Media and, you know, Jazakumullah Khair because they did, like, they were really patient and very, you know, helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, but then with Mila, because, you know, um, the owner of Taqwa uh, Media at that time was, you know, had some personal things to go through and <clears throat> she wasn't able to be as active. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, you know, had to do everything myself. Like I had to do okay. the copyright myself. I had to do everything. Um, and then I just, you know, decided to do the printing, um, here in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, that's, that's how it went. I just, you know, researched the printing, um, houses in Michigan, you know, who has the best quality, the best pricing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an easier process because I had to like call a lot of people. A lot of people just ignored my request. A lot of people, mm -hmm. um, you know, felt that I wasn't like an like, urgent, you know, like I really wanted yeah. to do this. So they gave me like really high prices. Mm -hmm. But alhamdulillah, at the end it worked. Alhamdulillah. So. What advice do you have for someone who is going through that process and trying to um, publish something that they've written? Don't give up mm -hmm. because it's not easy. Um, and if you're stuck sometimes, sometimes, I mean, for me, writing Muharram Rites was easy and Mila was Mila, Mila was basically easier than Muharram Rites because... <laughs> Yeah, Mila, Mila, it's another story. Um, but like in general, don't give up. And sometimes when you're writing, we get stuck at ideas and we just, our brain just freezes. Mm -hmm. And we think like, oh my God, this is so hard. I don't want to do that anymore. No, don't. It's okay to walk away from your laptop for a few hours. Mm -hmm. You know, drink some hot chocolate, take a nap. It's okay. Take a walk around the block and yeah. come back. And if like a hundred doors close in your, slam in your face, don't think that it's, a, it's the end of the world. No. Allah always has a better plan and just keep on trying. That's what happened with me with when I was looking for like a printing house in Michigan. Mm -hmm. It was really hard, very challenging, but alhamdulillah, because like my sister does the publishing, like I published through Manifest Design. Mm -hmm. Like even Taqwa, even um, Haram Rites, I published through Manifest Design, but like Taqwa Media, basically they just guided us through it and they mm -hmm. helped us like, you know, do the stuff. Like the the legal um you know, okay. papers and stuff like that but um you know i would like the biggest advice you could give anyone is don't give up it's not easy it's not as easy as i make it sound yeah. um, but just don't give up you know and and you know have that courage and you that your writing is beautiful and there are people out there that want to read it inshallah um is it important like how important is it to write when you have inspiration when you have inspiration, that's the most important thing. All you need is inspiration. Like for Mila, I was inspired by my daughter mm -hmm. um, because, you know, since she was two years old, basically, since she was, uh, since she started talking, um, I would always talk to her about the hijab and encourage her, you know, like, you know, you're a Muslim and we turn nine, you're going to, you know, become hijabi and, you know, what the hijab means and why we do it. So, you know, and my daughter goes to a public school. She lives in America. She has friends that are extremely stylish, friends that are, um, you know, very up to date with all the new programs or shows or whatever's out there. It's so not an Islamic did. school, right? No, it's a public school. Okay. My son goes to an Islamic school. It's not biased, <laughs> but it just happened like that. <laughs> 
it's not like I prefer it's him. It's the era of mom coming out. <laughs> no, um, actually, because like, so when we decided, when like when Ali was, um, you know, ready for preschool, and we were more aware of like the Islamic schools around mm-hmm. us, and stuff like that, we start we we decided to put him in an Islamic school, and when it came to Tia, she, we didn't like to force her because like her friends. Um, are all there and she didn't want to be like the new kid at school mm-hmm. so we didn't as want long to, like, as she has that strong base at home which it sounds like she does right yeah alhamdulillah. and she's not like she's not going to be the first or last Punjabi in her yeah, school I mean we're in Dearborn Heights so you know um, what questions from her inspired Mila um it was I I remember that day like perfect I was like sitting at the kitchen table um and I was, she was, she comes to me and she's like, she's like, mama, I want to ask you a few questions. I'm like, you know, sure, go ahead. She's like, mama, what if like, like my friends don't like me at school? What if I can't wear nice clothes? What if like, it's too hot for me? And then, and I was like, so like, those are basically your concerns about the hijab. And she was like, yeah. So we started talking and then like, I, I had my laptop in front of me because I was like writing an essay for school. Mm-hmm. And I just like opened a new word document and I was like, yeah, okay. You know, and I'm talking to her and I'm explaining to her. And I, was like, I was like, you know what, Tia, I just wrote this story right now. It's called Mira, where's the hijab? You want me to read it to you? And she was like, right now when you were talking to me, <laughs> you want me to read it to you? And she was like, okay. And then like I read it to her and I'm like answering like all her questions through the story. And she was like, yeah, you know, that does make sense. Like, yeah, why am I like so worried? I'm like, oh, see, I answered all your questions. And she it's, was like, it's so beautiful that you had the your target audience right in front of you, you know, telling you yeah. if it makes sense or not. <laughs> and she was like, Mama, like, are you going to make this a book like Muharram um, Lights? And I was like, yeah, don't you think it's a great idea? Like, there's so many girls out there your age who mm-hmm. are, you know, have the same concerns, who worry the same way you do. She's like, yeah, you are true because, like, you are right because, like, some of my friends at school say that they want to wear the hijab, but they're afraid that, you know, like, they won't be able to wear nice clothes or they'll get mm-hmm. too hot or whatever. And I'm like, see, there you go. You know, I just yeah. answered your questions. So I'm sure I'll answer their questions. And she actually, when I published the book, she did put it in her, she put it, she put a copy in her backpack and she took it to school to show her friends during recess. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Um, how important is it to have more stories from, you know, Shia authors within our community? It's so important. It's it should be like a priority right now for for our community. Like whoever is whoever is capable of writing, whoever has the imagination to um, come up with creative stories, even if you don't have the imagination. Um, like Mila isn't very like isn't so it's not like such a creative story. It's like a basic story, mm-hmm. but it helps. Like you don't have to be extremely creative um, as long as you're capable of you know writing. And you're able to reach out to, um, you know, to a good publisher or you're able to, you have access to that stuff. Like, you know mm-hmm. how to find illustrators, you know how to find a publishing house um, just to do it because we do need it. We have so many books um, in our children's libraries that are not related to our culture, that are not related to Islam. And we want, we have to read to our children. It's a must mm-hmm. that we do read to our children every day, at least half an hour. So it's important what we're reading to our children. And we don't have that much of an option, especially now with the new ideas that are being, you know, um, proposed to mm-hmm. our children or introduced to our children, uh, with, whether it's directly or indirectly. Sometimes you think a story is a perfect perfect story, but in the middle of the story, you find out that one of the characters um, isn't comfortable with their God-given identity or, mm-hmm. you know, um, tries to object 
um, you know, cultural beliefs or mm -hmm. questions about or God himself. Yeah, or questions about creation and you know mm -hmm. how we're here and why we're here and stuff, you know, it's it's stuff like that that sticks in a child's brain yeah. in their mind more than um, you know, the be beautiful things like you know, simple, simple ideas. So it's mm -hmm. the, you know, it's the, um, it's the controversial, virtual, virtual uh, questions or ideas that are introduced to our children that actually, you know, trigger that uh, light bulb. Mm -hmm. So we have to know what we're reading. And I think it's very important that we widen um, the availability of, you know, Shia books in our community. Yeah. And alhamdulillah, and alhamdulillah, we do. We have, yeah. we like that number is growing like mashallah we have so many amazing books um alhamdulillah like now my children have more than 15 books in their library about ahlul bayt about islam um you know they have books that have the urus in them they have books mm -hmm. uh, with ya hussein like flags of mamar hussein wow. and it makes you so proud to see that you're able to read this to your child and educate them through this way yeah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, it's a blessing. Wallah, mm -hmm. and, and I think we should um, we should encourage all these authors, not just like, hey, only buy my book. No, we have great authors out there. We have amazing books for our children. We have mm -hmm. puzzles. We have coloring books. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's something beautiful that people are. It's an awareness that's becoming, you know, more, um, you know, accepted. Mm -hmm. you know, people are more aware of this and they're accepting the idea more. Where does your love and inspiration, um, well, love for the Ahlul Bayt and inspiration behind your books stem from? Um, listen, uh, there's something like people don't know, maybe, or, or maybe some people that have followed me on Instagram do know, like I always talk about, like, ever since um, we were kids, my parents, my parents are um, really, really like, um, like, firm believers and lovers of Ahlul Bayt, and that's what we were raised on. Mm -hmm. um, so ever since we were kids, like, um, uh, even in Lebanon, every Saturday, my father would have a sheikh come over our house. He wouldn't invite anyone, just for us, like us four kids, my the youngest little baby. And he would bring a sheikh over every Saturday. Um, we would sit around him and he would talk, you know, say stories about Ahlul Bayt. Um, and then he would end it with the Majlis Aza all the time. And then after that, we would drink tea with him. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, like um, eat cookies with him. And he would keep, like the conversation would go on for hours. Mm -hmm. And this was every Saturday. So it wasn't like, hey, like my friends are going to go to the movies on Saturday. Or I would always cancel it. No, like Saturday is for the sheikh. Um, wow. And you were actually like, uh, you felt excited for that. Yes, um, he was. He was a very. Um, he was a unique sheikh. He was a very mm -hmm. unique sheikh. Like he had love for Ahlul Bayt that was so beautiful. The way he portrayed it, the way he, um, you know, uh, described them, the way he discussed about them. So that grew on my love for them, mm -hmm. and and it's like and and it's from from my love to Ahlul Bayt, I was able to reach Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and understand Him more. You know, mm -hmm. understand. You know how. To worship him in the most beautiful way, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's like how my Islam was completed through Ahlul Bayt. Alhamdulillah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and your aim is to bring that to children through your stories. Yeah. Is... and it's it's through life experience. Like we go mm -hmm. through many um, ups and downs in our lives. Not everything is beautiful, you know. Mm -hmm. Our life is not a fairy tale. We don't live in a garden of flowers. It's not like that. We go through so many things and. The challenges we go through and the conflicts that confront us sometimes they 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 shaken our our beliefs sometimes. Mm -hmm. And from my experience is that you know when you when you have that strong bond with Ahlul Bayt, nothing can shake you. Nothing like nothing can shake your 
uh, relationship with Allah. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have that small, strong relationship with Ahlul Bayt, you don't your your bridge is not firm. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a strong base. So you either turn your back away from Allah, or you just do your wajib and that's it. You don't really like do more than you than what is asked of you to do. But when you have that strong base, um, in that strong, beautiful relationship with Ahlul Bayt, you know that nothing, no matter what happens to you in life. Um, you're always going to stay on a Siratul Mustaqim. Even if you're not like a saint, but you you know that you're never going to turn your back away from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Can you give us a little more about, just more advice for someone who is writing a story um, and does want to publish, does want to go through that route of, you know, having their book out there. Um, what advice do you have? What things did you wish someone would have told you before you went through um, you know, the whole hurricane of everything. I wish that someone would have guided me as how to get my book out there, how to, mm-hmm. so, okay, I published. The distribution book. more than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I published my book. And a lot of people just publish their book and at the end, they just, you know. Sit there with. Yeah. Every few months, they, they go to that pile of books that the pub, that the printing house sent them and they just, you know, dust it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a struggle with Muharram nights. Uh, but if it wasn't for my sister, I wouldn't have. I would still be, you know, like stuck with like, how do I sell these books? You know. Mm-hmm. So she actually, you know, she taught me, and it's a blessing that I have her with me. Alhamdulillah. But not everybody has a sister like me yeah. to guide them, and it's hard um, because, like, some people are not as supportive, and some people don't don't teach you what they know because they, mm-hmm. they you know, they have that greed, like, you know. First of all, I don't want people to buy your book versus my book. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I had it the hard way. Why should you have it the easy way? Mm-hmm. And and you face a lot of those people. We meet a lot of those people um, in this industry, which is something. Just sad. Yeah. yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. But alhamdulillah, you, 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 you overcome it, you know. Um, and because I didn't have that support. Like the only person who was guiding me was my sister. And it was a struggle for her too, because I mean, Alhamdulillah, she had some experience because she already, she had done already um, the river of truth and she had already published a book about Bayt. So she knows like who to contact and you know, how to mm-hmm. you got to get things out there. Um, that's why like, you know, every time I see a new book or I, I mean, the best I know, that's like, that's how I know how to do it is like through Instagram, you know, I mm-hmm. share their posts and I encourage people to like, hey, you know, there's this book out there, buy it for your kids, you can buy it, you can find it and so and so. That's so wonderful because nothing helps um, build our community up more than community support. Exactly. You know, one hand can't clap by itself and we yeah. need that support. We need to encourage one another. I mean, because like, you know, if I'm working for and I, you know, say, oh, I'm doing this as a service for Ahlul Bayt. I can't be a hypocrite. I can't say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to support a person who is working in the service of Ahlul Bayt, but I keep on preaching about Ahlul Bayt. You know? mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, um, we do have an imam who is seeing us, even though we can't see him. And I don't want to have a black face in front of him. So mm-hmm. I always say to myself, I'm going to support no matter what, even if I don't get the support. And I don't always get the support back, but mm-hmm. I continue to support because... It's for the sake of my imam. I'm serving him at the end of the day. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Um, what is your advice for for just p- people in general who um, maybe someone who is struggling to, um, you know, figure out what path they want to continue in in their education or, um, you know, just any any. What advice do you want to give to our youth? 
just the two things. Do what makes you happy and make sure what you're doing serves the imam. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like don't don't say, oh, okay, like I want to go into, into entertainment because it makes me happy. You can go into entertainment, but the right way. You know, don't mm-hmm. go, don't take the wrong um, road just because you want, it makes you happy. Do what mm-hmm. makes you happy because if it doesn't make you happy, you won't do it right. You won't do it with passion and you won't do it with motivation, you know. Um, but at the same time, make sure that what you want to do um, serves the imam. So mm-hmm. like, for example, I love to write. But I'm not going to write stories that you know don't serve the purpose of the imam. You know, I wanna, I wanna do something that you know makes me closer to him. I'm not gonna write stories that you know encourage people to be free and do whatever you want. Like, hey, I love my hair, so I don't want to cover it. No, you know, <laughs> that's so easy to write stories that you know contradict um, our beliefs. That, that's the easiest thing. Yeah, um, so, it's easy yeah, to go with the mainstream. Right, with yeah. whatever is popular, it's very hard to go with what you believe um, and really, you know, produce something that goes yeah. against what like if, the world is telling you, right? Yeah, like if especially you love your job sing. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you love to sing, you can sing, but you can sing in the in the service of Imam. You can do Rashid, Latmiyat, anything. Mm-hmm. If you love music, you can do that also in the service of Imam. You love making music, so you can also do the music uh, movies. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you could do that in the service of Imam. You could uh, do cartoons for children. You can make movies about, you know, uh, ethical stuff or car- mm-hmm. um, Islamic uh, related topics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So my my advice is do what you love, but make sure you're doing it in the service of the Imam. Um, and I think this will be our final question, but um, can you speak a little bit about work-life balance and how do you find time to write? Um, what's your process? And is there another book coming out soon that you can give us a sneak peek to? Uh, there is, inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do I find time to write? I <laughs> um, I don't advise anyone to do what I do at all because mm-hmm. I write... Um, like from now, like midnight going up, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really bad because I have to wake up early uh, with my kids and everything. Um, so yeah, I usually write like 12, mm-hmm. from like 12 a.m. to like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. That's the only time I'm able to write um, because it's so hard when you're like, you're in the middle of your thoughts and you're writing down all these ideas and then, you know, mama, I want to eat. Mama, mm-hmm. um, I have homework. Mama, could you help me? You want to color with me? Um, because like, my children are really like attached to me. So we do a lot of things together. We mm-hmm. play dollhouse. We sew Barbie clothes together. We color, we, we, we mm-hmm. play Play-Doh together and stuff like that. So it's always like, I'm here, I'm there, I'm jumping everywhere. So um, yeah, the best time for me to write is when everyone's asleep mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything is in place. So that's like after midnight. So, mm-hmm. so don't and do that. Sneak don't do that. Like, <laughs> like if, you're not a, if you're not a working I mean, mom, what works for you, right? Yeah, it works. But if you're not a working mom, just wait till your kids go to school and, you know, make a cup of tea and have those two hours for yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're a working mom, you, you have do to do what, you, yeah, <laughs> you do what you have to do, right? To yeah, you follow your passions. You and um, Can you give us a sneak peek into your book? Uh, it's about uh, shukr. It's about mm-hmm. saying alhamdulillah and meaning it. Okay. Uh, you know, because we always say alhamdulillah, I'm healthy, alhamdulillah, but we don't mean it. You know, mm-hmm. like we don't really know what it means. Like we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, or we don't value what we don't know the value of what we have until it's really gone. Um, so it's about shukr. It's about teaching children how to appreciate what they have. 
Um, and of course, at the end of the book, I always have poetry. I love to write poetry in my <laughs> own way. Um, and I always include Ahlul Bayt in it. So, you know, it's like it starts with a verse from the Quran. And in the middle of the book, there's a hadith for Imam Ali about, you know, giving shukr to the na'mah that Allah has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in my in my stories, I don't just, you know, write about like Ahlul Bayt. Hey, you know, this is what Imam Ali said and do it. I, I always put a twist to it. Like there always, it has to be life related to, um, to things our kids go through every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a mother, I know that my my child, as, as all the other children in the world, um, do the same thing. Like when they come home, I'm sure they all say the same thing. They all act the same way. And that, you know, and that's why I wrote my book. It's like, you know, hey, you know, like take a step down, relax, mm-hmm. you know, look at what you have. Don't look at what you don't have. Say Alhamdulillah for all the things that Allah has given you because there are so many people out there that don't have one of the hundred things that you have. And that's so important, especially with social media showing you, you know, this whole world of people who are just, I think, showcasing their lives, right? And showing you things that you might not have or might not be able to have at that point. Yeah, it's teaching kids how to be more materialistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's 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 so sad. It is mm-hmm. Because children are so easy to get lured into that world. They're very it's impressionable, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so easy for kids to to change from, you know, to switch from A to B. It's so mm-hmm. easy because the way that things are introduced to them are very attractive. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so that's why we have to, you know, keep our eyes wide open and yeah. figure out ways how to keep them attached to Islam more. Inshallah. Um, and loving, you know, Ahilabat more. Thank you so much, Fatima, for sharing your insight today and your journey with us. Um, inshallah, we have many more people who are inspired by your um, journey and they publish books, movies, um, you know, whatever it is that uh, will benefit the Imam of our Zaman, inshallah. Um, and if you have any final um, advice that you want to tell us, let me know. Um. No, I think I, I said it all, just, you know, like, um, I, as I always say, like, and I even tell my daughter when, when she, every time she sends on the Musalli, like, Mama, before you start Salah, always remember to say, As-salamu alaykum, ya sahib, ya sahib al-zaman, because even though you can't see him, he can see you. You can't mm-hmm. hear him, but he can hear you. So my advice to everyone is just, you know, keep that in your heads that, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect, that I'm not like, you know, I'm not preaching. I'm, I'm not... <laughs> But just like it's it's good to just remind people yeah. that you know just remember Imam Mahdi all the time, um, because because we're not waiting for him; he's waiting for us. So just, that's you know, a beautiful see. reminder to end on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Fatima, for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. It was our pleasure. You were just listening to the Human Tree Talk Show. If you want to hear this show or future shows or hear the replay of our past shows, you can just listen in on the Human Tree website or on our YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in today.